0: Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we share resources by and for adoptive and foster moms. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum.
1: Don't worry, we get it and we're here for you.
0: Today is a Mentor Moments episode where we answer a listener question. These episodes give you a chance to join the conversation and guarantee we're providing the most helpful tools and resources for exactly where you are. Today's question is... What is the best way for kids with trauma to apologize after an outburst? My 13-year-old son will say really personal and mean things to us and his 12-year-old brother. Although we try to separate the boys when he starts to escalate, sometimes it happens so fast that he has already started saying mean things. Since this has been going on for 12 years, the I am sorry or I was wrong just feels empty. He can tell you exactly what he should or shouldn't have done, but then he does it again the next time. I feel like now we don't know how to move forward, and it is creating resentment and unforgiveness in the whole family.
1: I'll start by saying I feel your pain. (laughs) I do too. It is hard. It's hard for our logic brain to get around this because those words always come at such a point of dysregulation. Like you said, it's not that they don't know what they are or aren't supposed to be doing, but you know, when our brain goes to that downstairs dysregulated place, it spouts off things that are really hurtful.
0: Yeah. And then we get into the whole question of how much is it that he won't do it? How much is that he can't do it? And it's probably some of both, depending on what is going on in the moment, you know, um, he may be doing the best he can. And then he slides down into these really unkind, unkind things.
1: Yeah. So I think, there's a couple things that come to mind, a couple ways to kind of address it. So we'll throw out some ideas and hopefully you'll find something that works for your family. The first thing that's really foundational um, is this idea of like the resentment that builds up and we can relate to that. And we do a free training around this idea of resentment and something called blocked care. And so I think it's something to just be mindful of that our nervous system is protecting us in these situations and one of the best things that we can do is be aware of it and do some intentional things to kind of fight back against it. Because once we really slide into a deep, deep pit of resentment, it becomes really hard to do anything else that we might mention or suggest.
0: Yeah, it's very true. It's, we have to find ways to reawaken compassion in ourselves, for ourselves and for our children that are really,
1: really challenging. Um, So I think the other part is the actual apology, which can be helpful. Again, it's not going to change behavior, which is the unfortunate thing. We have to kind of wrap our minds around the fact that healing takes a long time and the behavior doesn't change just because, you know, we draw attention to it or we correct it this time. It's going to take many, many, many times. We have an apology template, if you will, in our family. So instead of you know the child just kind of spouting off, and I'm sorry, which can become very automatic and then feel pretty empty, like you said. Whenever someone does an apology in our house, but we have one particular child who has to do it more than others, an apology that includes what you're apologizing for, and then what you're going to do next time or what you should have done. And so it might sound like I'm sorry, I said mean things to you. Next time I'll go to my room when I'm feeling really angry or whatever that looks like for. You for your family. And I try to encourage my kids to pick a thing that's a positive action, like not, I won't say mean words next time, like not just the opposite of what they did, that there's, they're going to pick an alternative behavior. And sometimes we wait for a long time for these apologies because it takes our kids a while to become regulated enough to think, uh, become regulated enough to comply to this type of apology. And then to even process like what is it they did wrong and then what is the better alternative? And if your child has language processing issues, this process might take a little bit of time. But I find, at least for me, it's it feels better to have them bring some cognition and mental energy to the apology, even when I'm not sure that it's going to change the behavior.
0: I think you bring up a good point, Melissa. We do something very similar in terms of a a template of sorts. And I think The other thing when this is happening in my family that I have to remember is my child may say the right words, but I cannot make my child feel genuine remorse or sadness or anything else. I cannot change his feelings. I can really only impact my own feelings. And so, and, and it's also possible sometimes, you know, kids have a hard time, um, even having the right expressions, right? And so I think being able to accept it, even if it does feel empty, and then figure out how to deal with your own emotions about it is probably one of the more important parts because, again, you cannot make him feel anything.
1: Yeah, the other thing that I have discovered in the past couple months is really that these mean words are a reflection of how the child who's saying the mean words thinks about themselves. And so sometimes that can help us bring a certain amount of compassion around those words when they really kind of cut like a knife and kind of help us create a little bit of separation so that the mean words don't have as much power over us because, man, they are really, they feel really powerful. You know, whoever said "sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me, lied.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. I think the other thing that might help your situation is if you gave your other son some tools or even some boundaries of protection. So that, I mean, if I were in your situation and part of what I think I'm seeing here is it's really bothering you that your one son is being so hurtful to the other. And so that's another whole issue. But another way to look at it is how can you put some protection in place for him? And what words can you give him to be able to not accept the behavior that his brother is putting on him? It's a little counterintuitive sometimes, but the important thing I think is to focus on the wounded child first. So before you correct your son who's being so unkind, go to the son who's been wounded and address him and his feelings and let him um, have that bit of your attention before you go to the son who needs the actual correction. And I think when we flip that on its head, because my instinct was always to go to the child to try to make them stop what they're doing that's hurting the other kids. I think when we flip it around, it's kind of an important message.
1: Yeah, and I think also, you know, going back to some of the core issues. We're really passionate about the sibling experience and how the siblings are experiencing it. And so it may be really important in your family to create space and time for your other son to get a break to be poured into, to be nurtured, to get some time away, to get respite, whether that be with you, with your husband, with another friend, you know, a couple of days at grandma's or a neighbor's or a friend, maybe something daily that you do to kind of pour into him. And then maybe, you know, a weekly or monthly break that sibling experience and not losing sight of that is really important. I would agree with that. Thank you for bringing that up, Melissa. So if you have a question that you'd like us to address here on mentor moments, you can pop into our Facebook group. There will be a link to that in the show notes, or you can go to the slash Facebook. If you'd like to know more about that training on blocked care, we call it the compassion challenge. And you can sign up for our next compassion challenge at the slash compassion. All of that will be at the show notes. And you can find those at theadoptionconnection.com slash 74. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media.
0: You can find us on Facebook or Instagram as The Adoption Connection.
1: Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick review over on iTunes. It will help us reach more moms who may be feeling alone. And
0: remember, until next week, you're a good mom doing good work and we're here for you.
1: The music for the podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevere.